Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Welcome back to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. Really glad you joined in. Today I have a great topic for you. It's five ways to build self-confidence. I, if you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. Give it a review, give it a rating, share some things, tell your friends. That really helps it to grow organically. So if you've become a fan, please give me a review. It takes you about 15, 30 seconds. Won't take much time at all. This topic I'm super excited about discussing with you. I think it's going to have some great practical information. As I start off every episode, just a brief introduction. I'm Adam Gregg. I am a legacy coach and a mental health professional, a speaker, and now a podcaster for two years. And my purpose in life is to help people find transformational clarity that inspires them to face their biggest fears so they, they can live and leave the legacy that they desire, not the legacy someone else has for them. They can live that out today in their life today. So let's go ahead and start off the episode two the way I've started off many of my last previous episodes, some risks that I have recently taken. Well, I just got back from going to London and Paris with my daughter, had a great time. And those it was kind of scary, but I had a great time. I joined a mastermind group, so a group of other fellow business owners, people I don't know, and I get to meet with them once a month, and real excited about that. And actually, what I did, too, is I asked a gal who I had met on a dating app who lives about 1,300 miles away, I asked her to, thought it was going really well, good connection and everything, and I still think it is a good connection, but I asked her to, to Zoom with me just to see if we could connect more further. And answer was, I'd love to do so, but I just started seeing somebody locally. And my response to that, of course, you know, I was disappointed, but my response to that was great. I'm glad things are going so well. And um, thanks for being so upfront, you know, just because it takes courage to be upfront like that. So, but that was a risk I took. I'm glad I took it. And I'm going to share about another dating risk I took that didn't go so well further along in this episode. But confidence is something we have some power over. There are very few things that we have control over in life. I would say we have 99% of stuff we don't have control over. Even a lot of aspects of our health. As I shared, I have a healthy, good friend, healthy, everything, at least as far as we knew, had a major stroke. And he is struggling and it's it's been a, it's gonna be a long, a long road. But we do have control over our actions and our thinking, our actions and our perspective. So confidence, too, is something where you build it by doing things that often seem counterintuitive. And the commitments that I'm going to challenge you to make are probably some going to seem fairly basic. Some are going to be counterintuitive. They're going to seem like they could be things that could actually give you less confidence. But actually, if you do them consistently, they're going to give you more confidence over time. And again, I've shared this before. Easy now, hard later, hard now, easy later. Delayed gratification is your friend. And if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to trust your instincts and you're willing to trust the advice of people who are further down the road than you, it's going to pay off for you. But it might not seem like it's something that's going to work right now. So again, just to review too as well, our 
nervous system, when we're in sympathetic state, we are in fight or flight mode. Blood goes to our extremities, our muscles, amygdalas where it centers. It is not the place we want to be except for short periods of time. Cortisol increases. We want to be in parasympathetic state. Parasympathetic state is where we're relaxed. We get to rest and digest. Confidence is foundationally based and it's going to lead to living from a parasympathetic state, from a relaxed state, from a way you can function and be creative. And cre- I mean, we just are not creative when we're stressed out. When we are insecure, we are not creative. We lose that capacity because when we are in parasympathetic state, we activate the prefrontal cortex. We can solve problems. The blood flow goes to our external organs. We can digest. You know, I see, like I said before, people just drop weight when they learn to, to manage stress well in their life. And, and confidence centers around really a big lie. And then that lie being that our value comes from our performance plus the opinions of others. Uh, that's the big lie. And later in the episode, I'm going to share the big truth, which is going to help you greatly in growing your self-confidence. And again, as I've said before, I like to take things and come from the perspective that you could describe what we're discussing today to a six-year-old and they're going to be able to understand what we're talking about. I also share with you things that I struggle with myself. I struggle with self-confidence myself. I struggle with every topic I've discussed myself. First commitment of the five, five things you can do to work on your self-confidence. First one is is to take risks. And I've shared this before. I share the risks I take as well but to take some risks. And I just actually, right before I started recording this podcast, I had on a dating app, I met a gal and her name was Eva. And anyway, I was going to ask her to go get coffee this coming weekend. And then I go and I log into the dating app and she has like ended the conversation with me. And I'm like, what happened? Because it just, the conversation basically started two days ago and there was some fun banter and I asked her, you know, what she liked about my profile. And she said, well, Adam and Eva sounds good. And I said, yeah, this answered the question to her as well. And she had some things on her profile that I really liked. Like one was, I'm willing to call people on their crap and that I'm confident and that I believe in my, you know, I'm, I'm fiercely independent and, and chemistry and banter and sense of humor is really important to me. So I took those things to heart and eventually I just was having a good conversation with her because I'm trying to, in my mind, think of, well, what what happened that offended her or whatever? Because why did she do that? And then I said one thing yesterday. It was just a joke. And I said, yeah, it's great that I can travel now because my parole ended. And I, and, uh, I thought it was super funny. And I asked her if she thought it was funny. And she said, well, I actually just rolled my eyes. And anyway, she ended the conversation and she could have at least said, hey, you know, that kind of sense of humor is not my style, but it was a risk that I took and it's not a huge deal, but I learned some things about myself. I learned some things about her. Honestly, you know, I want to date people who have a good sense of humor and who can see the lighter, brighter side of life, but taking risks on a consistent basis will build your self-confidence. It hurts initially. Like right now I'm kind of reeling a little bit, but I know later I'll be fine. And so some things I did, even in London, I met up with an old high school buddy who lives in Switzerland and he had reached out to me through Facebook and hadn't talked to him in 20 years. And we had coffee and had just a great time. His name's Mark. And I really enjoyed the time. I was energized. It was fun. It was so great to see him. It was like old times. And he wasn't like a super close friend, but he was a good friend. 
And so what risks can you take? I mean, old friends and reaching out to old friends. I've mentioned the book, The Five Regrets of the Dying before in the past, and there's gonna be a link in the show notes to that, to that book. One of the biggest regrets of dying people is they didn't stay in close enough contact with their friends from the past. Don't let that be you. Take risks in your life. You know, my mom, she had this thing where if someone had hiccups growing up, she would know they had hiccups and she'd hide somewhere around a corner and then she would scare you. And what it would do is it would shock your system into starting to breathe regularly again. I mean, if your kids ever get the hiccups, just scare them. I'm serious. It works every time. And that's kind of a risk, I guess, but it's not really the risk I'm talking about here. It is emotional risk to take where you could be rejected and it means reaching out to people, reaching out to businesses, making those sales calls, reaching out to people that you want to date or ending relationships, being honest with people, being upfront with people. So the first thing is take risks and take them daily. Famous quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, you know, do one thing every day that scares you. Second commitment action you can take to build your self-confidence is work on your communication skills. You know, I got back from Paris because we went to London and Paris and then flew back from Paris, me and my daughter. I got back from Paris and I sensed, because I called my parents, I hadn't really talked to them while I was over there, and I sensed some tension with my mom. And so my mom tells me, yeah, um, your aunt, because I played this prank on my family over Easter. You can actually see it on the YouTube channel and we'll link to the prank actually. And I thought it was really funny prank, but I pranked my family. And so my mom said, yeah, they're, they don't want you over at the house at holidays anymore. They, they want to do holidays at other people's homes. And I, and I listened to my mom and because of what happened. Okay. And, and I listened to my mom and I thought, okay, I'm going to call my aunt. And so, and she's like, no, no, don't, don't call your aunt, which is her sister. Don't call your aunt, you know? And so, but I got off the phone and I said, you know, I want to clarify this. And one of the ways we can be good communicators is we can not be defensive. We can calm ourselves and breathe. And then we get curious where we ask some questions. So I called up my aunt and I said, Aunt Mary Beth, this is what my mom said. You know, what actually was said? And I wasn't questioning that my mom was accurate in her, but then my aunt clarified and said, no, that's not what we said at all. It wasn't that and clarified the situation with me but I had to ask that question to get there. And are we curious in our relationships? Are we curious with our kids? It's a great and very important communication skill. And again, the result of a conversation is often gonna be the result of how it starts. So I started that conversation softly and I started it with some rapport, like our trip to Europe and everything. And then I said, you know, Aunt Mary Beth, I'm kind of, um, something my mom shared with me is bothersome and I'd like to get some clarity, is that okay? And I could be meeting, reading this the wrong way and she could have represented it the wrong way, but I, but you know, is that okay? And she said, yes. And then we had the conversation. It ended up being a very positive conversation actually. So you work on your communication skills and I've shared it before, you know, 93% of communication skills is your body language and your tone and how you carry yourself. It's not the words you say, but that soft startup is the words you say oftentimes and your body language, but it's gonna lead to the best outcome when you start the conversation or the conflict softly. Validation is crucial. And by validation, we invalidate so much. By when someone says to us, you know, I'm stressed out about something, one of the responses is try to fix it. You know, well, what are you stressed about? Here's what you can do, this and that. 
that's invalidation. If someone comes to you and says, I'm really stressed about this thing, the best thing for you to do is to say something that's validating. Like, man, I can really tell that this is hit home pretty hard for you. Or I can really tell that there's something, this is really bothering you. And then they're gonna elaborate and say, yeah, you know, I, my boss and this, and they're gonna give you more information and then you can validate that. Man, this is, this is tough, you know? And then eventually they're gonna solve their own problem on their own. And then you can say things to them like, it makes sense to me you feel that way. That's a validating comment. So you can work on your communication skills. Third thing you can do to build your self-confidence is to create a schedule and stick to it. So basically keeping promises to yourself. So what's your ideal schedule? Not perfect, perfect schedule, but your ideal schedule. You know, when would you get up? When would you go to bed? When would you work out? When would you hang out with your friends? When would you play golf? When would you go to church? What's your ideal realistic schedule? And then you make a non-perfectionistic commitment to sticking to it. So if you tell yourself that, hey, I'm gonna get out out of bed at 5.30 and go on a run tomorrow because I believe you should end your day every day with your three top objectives for the following day. And you should look at those. Well, should is kind of a strong word, but that you can and that you have the option of listing your top three objectives for the next day. And you can think about those. So we didn't suggest you do it like, right before you go to bed, because maybe you'll could keep you up, but some seven o'clock, eight o'clock, kind of before your downtime, what are my three objectives? And then you stick to it. So at the end of the day, you can show yourself and prove to yourself that you can get these certain things done. That is keeping a schedule. If it's a workout schedule, if it's time with your kids, but you're making promises or commitments to yourself, and then you're actually following through with it. So creating a schedule, and for me, a lot of times it's just getting out of bed. You know, if I tell myself that I'm gonna get out of bed at a certain time and I do it, I start off with one victory, I make my bed, I start off with some downtime because usually that time I get out of bed, I'm gonna give myself an hour to start the morning and start my morning routine and not just jump right into things, especially work, but to have some time for myself. And keeping that promise to myself is an energizer to me. And when I do it consistently over time, it's like, wow, I can, I can do other things too with confidence as well because I'm starting it off right. It's essential as well that you remember that it does not have to be perfect. And so that whole perfectionistic mentality, it's gotta be perfect, will keep you from actually keeping your schedule because you'll tell yourself you're a failure if you didn't get it done perfectly rather than saying, well, I got 80% of it done, I got 70% of it done, and that's a success. And so that leads to the fourth thing that you can do to work on your confidence and that's identifying damaging mindsets because we have them consistently. Like even right now, I'm struggling with the mindset of, you know, like, what did I say? How did I offend this person? Adam, you don't know how to talk to people. Adam, there's something broken in you. And I know these things are not true. And so I have to tell myself the truth. Like, hey, I was just having fun. And she said on her profile, she had, a good sense of humor. I was testing that out. Um, maybe that wasn't the reason she ended the conversation, but I'm a good guy. I'm a catch, you know, whatever. I have to tell myself the truth that I you know I'm an honest person. I follow through with commitments. And I'm a faithful person. I do things, I try to do things in an ethical, honest way. I have to tell myself those things and then eventually it overpowers it. But what are the core limiting mindsets that you have? because they really generally fall in three different categories for people. You know, one is that, you know, I'm unlovable. Another one is that I'm helpless. And then the third one is I'm unworthy. 
And unlovable and unworthy are kind of the same, but I think they're also kind of different. So unworthy of success, you know? And so variants of those can be like, hey, people are not trustworthy. You know, that means that's like an I'm helpless thought that people have. Or I don't deserve good things in my life, you know, because of my past, or I don't deserve good things in life because of what I've experienced or seen other people go through or trauma. I mean, that's a variant of I'm unworthy and really I'm unlovable as well. And I hear these from clients and I see them in myself and I see them in my friends. And But the power is in knowing that you have influence over your perspective. You know, but I've said before too, like negative thoughts, they're like Velcro. They stick in two seconds. Positive thoughts, it's like Teflon. It takes time. And so when I can identify and recognize that there's a negative thought in myself, one of the things I do is I tell myself three things that I really like about myself. I like certain traits. You know, I like that I see the potential in other people. I like that I'm charismatic. You know, I like that I have a good sense of humor and I like to have fun. And so I tell myself those things and that starts to overpower. You may have to do it 10 times, 20 times, but you work on it consistently and you'll find that it starts to overpower these damaging core beliefs. And they are seriously damaging. One of the ways that you might be motivated to work on these beliefs, these core beliefs, is to see how much damage they actually do. So I'll have clients I'll give them a list of 30 common negative damaging core beliefs. And then I'll have them mark off which ones are are uh, they that resonate with. And then I'll have them mark off the ones that have done the most damage in their life in the past and today. And it's really helpful because then they start can start working and going through a process of unraveling those. And it is some work, but you can do the work. It's, you know, but you have to believe that you're not helpless. And the language that you use is so incredibly essential because when I hear the words never and must and should and can't, I think can't's like a, a cuss word, you know? If I can't do math, you know, or I can't, do well in drama, or I can't learn the piano. You know, you rephrase that to saying to yourself, and sometimes it's through people who care about you that can do that. Well, hey, you're getting better at math. Totally different mindset. I'm improving at math. I'm improving at drama. I'm working on it. I'm improving. And those are very different mindsets that you can work on. What I like to have people do is actually with a worksheet, you know, they answer some different questions on each of the mindsets that they have. And I take people through the process of unpacking each and every one. Um, eventually, I'm going to have a mini course on this that you can purchase to help people unpack them as well. And so if you have enjoyed this podcast so far, please subscribe to the Decide Your Legacy newsletter. And you're going to get five days to overpowering anxiety. It's an eight-page workbook. It's some of my best stuff, the stuff on anxiety that I use with clients and that I use with myself. And that's a gift to you for signing up. So don't miss the opportunity. Again, go to decideyourlegacy.com, scroll down to the bottom and sign up for the newsletter. So the, the fifth thing that you, of the five, I've gone through four, the next one is to really have, have goals. And and to set goals, and I like to set yearly goals. I like to look long-term as well, but you can start with a vision of where you wanna be in a year in different parts of your life. And I think your goal should be balanced out throughout seven areas of your life. So health and wellness, spiritual, friends and family, social and fun, intellectual, business, financial. And you should have goals that are challenging. And so they're not easy. I like to look at smart C goals. So SMART, that's an acronym I'm many of you familiar with, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, 
realistic and then time-based. So you have a time frame for them. And the C is means they're challenging. They're not something you've done before. They're going to stretch you to go to a different level. And those are the right kind of goals to set. And so in my online course, I actually teach people how to do this as well, Tune Up for Life. And I teach clients how to do this consistently. But for you right now listening, just go with your gut. You know, what are three things? You got six more months left in 2022. I don't care when you listen to this. If you're listening to this in 2024, what over the next six months are your top three priorities? And have one in at least three different categories. You know, you can do four, you can do seven. Let's start with three. What are your priorities? You know, you want to lose some weight. You want to grow your business. You want to improve your relationship with someone in your family. So you start to actually identify those goals and then you start working towards them. And that helps with confidence as you start reaching milestones towards that goal, because then you break it down. You say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to lose 20 pounds. I have a client right now who wants to lose 50 pounds and he wants to do it by September 10th because I've taken a bunch of clients skydiving and tandem skydiving on September 10th. So if you're out there and you want to go, um, I, I got a few slots remaining, but this guy needs to lose some weight because you can't weigh more than 230 pounds to do a tandem skydive at this specific place where I, air capital drop zone, where, I, where, I, where I've uh, done skydiving stuff. So um, he set that goal and then set some little milestones. So it's like how much per month? And then he can see that, okay, I got to lose this amount of weight per month. And okay, I can do that. 15 pounds, how much a week? Okay, two, two pounds a week, whatever. And you break it down and then you get to physically cross it off a list. You know, I'm a huge fan of journaling and checklists and physically crossing something off. It does something psychological to you by seeing it in writing, handwriting, and then actually seeing it crossed off. I mean, it's more powerful than your iPhone checklist psychologically. And there's real evidence and there's science behind that. That is great as well. Typing is great as well if you're not going to do it, but consider writing it down, posting your goals and focusing on those things. And that will build confidence. You post your goals, you look at them every day. Just like I challenge you and have to post the four things that you love about yourself and to look at those things every day. Just like I challenge you to look at your life purpose statement every single morning. You know, mine, as I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the podcast, you have the option of identifying a life purpose statement and focusing on that every day. That's living in the middle, not all or nothing. The language of living in the middle is I have choices, I can make decisions, I can decide, to apply one of these confidence building actions, commitments today. I can decide to improve that relationship. I can decide to have boundaries with people. I can decide to encourage my friends. It's not success or failure. Life is best lived in the middle, not in the edges. In fact, in that all or nothing, perfection, procrastination, success and failure, that's where mental illness lives. That's where mental health problems lie. It's rigidity. It's rigidity. You're, what happens to something that's rigid? You know, you don't have rigid fishing poles because they're going to break. You don't want rigidity in your life. And so that's what I have for you. Those are the five actions, commitments you can take. And I want to go ahead and review them. So take risks, build risks into your life. You know, if you got to go and lay down on the floor in a restaurant for 10 seconds while someone films you, and that's a risk. I mean, I learned that one from Tim Ferriss. He challenged people to do that just to Get out of their comfort zone and see that you're going to survive this. Now, whatever it might be, calling that friend from 20 years ago and just checking in. I mean, Facebook and social media is extremely damaging to people and their focus, and it gives them this all or nothing mentality. But I will say one great thing about Facebook is connecting with old friends. 
and I would encourage you to use it for that purpose. That's what I got for you today. Again, if you love this episode, please subscribe. You can uh, take a picture of yourself listening to it and post it on my Instagram. It's Adam. It's just Adam Gragg. It's my Instagram channel. Tell your friends, like it on Apple and Spotify, give it a review. That's how it grows. And it has been growing and it has been growing significantly. Thanks to you, you're the way it spreads. And the more likes and reviews it gets, the more it's gonna grow organically. So I had somebody reach out to me recently that found it organically, sent me an email, said it was really helpful. And I'm like, uh, that is so exciting and cool. So the thing I wanna end with here, and I end with all the time is that if you wanna make changes in your life, you know. 25% of it is getting some space and saying, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. It's admitting you have a problem, admitting you have this issue that you have to work on. You have this negative limited mindset, limiting damaging mindset, or you're not keeping a schedule or you're not taking risks in your life or you know, socially you're interacting with people in a very defensive way. You identify and say, hey, I, I gotta work on that. But the 75%, the most important part is you actually have to take an action you have to take action to move towards change. Trust is built with evidence over time. If you take consistent action, you're gonna start trusting yourself and your confidence is gonna increase. So what one action do you wanna take based on what you learned today? What one action do you wanna take? Commit to it. If you like me and you like what I've said and you like what I shared too, hire me to speak to your company. I do this frequently. I'll do a lunch and learn. I'll speak over Zoom. I do it nationally. I've done some internationally. I was in Italy actually um, doing some speaking in October, uh, September, October. And I love to speak to your team. And I talk about mental health. I usually, the first thing and the first topic is mental health, stress management, how to manage the stress in your life. We got a lot of stress. People are worried about money. They're worried about the economy. You don't have to live there. And we're not made to live there. We're not. We're made to live in a relaxed state. <laughs> and every once in a while, get amped up. So hire me, reach out, please. And in closing, you decide your legacy, no one else. You decide your legacy. Live the life today that you want to be remembered for when you're gone. How are you going to live the life today that you want to be remembered for when you're gone? You decide your legacy, no one else. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.